Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Rhetoric. Berto Wills, your host. Thank you so kind for being a part of the show. Welcome aboard. We have Paul Fleming in the house, Breach MCP. Well, <coughs> well, let me get it right. Paul Fleming is in the house from where again? He's in the house from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Eric Case is in the house from where again? From uh, Kingwood, Texas. We also have Robert Davenport in the house from California. I can't remember the town in California. <coughs> and we also have Bridge MCP of State New York. Michael Rudnin, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Melanie Keelan, Barcelona, Spain. Welcome aboard, my sisters and my brothers. Hey, Michael. Okay, I won't ask. I won't ask. I won't ask. He should at least send me a little thing in the text that says, Egberto, give me some positive affirmation because I'm having a bad day. You know, we're here to support each other. Don't ever forget that. Michael Rodnan says, Axios, NOAA 2023, worst year on record for billion-dollar disasters. The U.S. experienced 23 separate billion-dollar weather and climate disasters in the first eight months of 2023, the largest number since records begin, began. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Associations, NOAA, said accompanying its report on the disasters Monday with uh, appropriately four months till, still in the year. 2023 has already surpassed the previous weather events. I do not include the ongoing mega drought in the American Southwest as global warming, primarily caused by excess fossil fuel pollution, continues making the atmosphere hotter and extreme weather events more frequent. This record uh, won't stand very long for those who say we can't afford the Green New Deal. Understand that nature itself is against you and will cost you more by way of increasing frequency of disastrous storms the longer you delay switching away from fossil fuels to renewable energy. I mean, our economic system is directly responsible for the failure of the atmosphere, for the failure of our environment. Because every when you have an economic system that is predicated on a false efficiency, on false externalities, because in the price of gas that you're paying is not the, the damage to the economy. On the price of gas that you're paying is not the damage to your health. None of that is included in the gas you pay or in many of the things that are destroying our, 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 our ecosystem. It's a shame, uh, but we haven't learned this in school and we continue to not learn this in school. Uh, Paul Fleming says, remember Trump's $1.9 trillion tax cuts for corporations and wealthy? Trump's team is now reportedly looking to push even deeper cuts to the corporate tax rate as low as 15%. They're doubling down despite its unpopularity. It's an utterly shameless gift to the corporate donors. What we need to do, however, is educate the American people. Because the problem is those things continue to pass because Republicans in those particular districts think that they're so secure. You know what we should do? We should get Democrats to convert to Republicans in those districts and then run as progressive Republicans that go ahead and attack these guys on the very issues that they're going against the people, including the people in those districts. We need to do that. We need to do that. Some people are wedded to that R. Well, we can become we can become the necessary R's. I mean, we have to start fighting for America, not fighting for these creeps. 
Paul Fleming says the far right is threatening to shut down the government if we don't restart reconstruction of the border wall and woke U.S. military policy. Let Trump walk. The last shutdown cost $11 billion. Another shutdown would be an utter disaster and they couldn't care less. They've never cared. They have never cared. Uh, let's see. Robert Davenport says Melanie Keelan, just great. Melanie Keelan is in the house as well. Uh, they're saluting each other. Let's go down to uh, Lee Grant says recent week wokeness side in a biology professor at a Texas community college has claimed he was fired for religious preaching after he taught a lesson about how sex is determined by X and Y chromosomes. Johnson Varke, who has taught at uh, St. Philip's College in San Antonio for 20 years, claimed he was accused of, sec of preach religious preaching and let go after he discussed the human reproductive system during recent lesson, which led to four students walking out. That is a silly, silly thing, Lee Grant. I can guarantee you that what occurred there is he didn't only teach about X and Ys. He probably went on and, and gave other statements about what those of us who believe that there, while there are two specific uh, physical genders, meaning uh, meaning having a vagina and having a, a, a whatever, and in some cases we have people that have both, but when it comes to the what determine gender, what we use for gender and X and Y chromosomes as only as only determinative, he probably went far and beyond that. And again, if you're going to teach, teach objectively. So I, I'm not buying that story. Uh, go ahead and get the full story before you just point that out. That sounds like a right wing story to me. I haven't read it. I haven't looked it up. Get the teacher. I'll bring him on. Eric Hayes, get the scissors out. Uh, let's see. Paul Fleming says, it turns out that the FDA, the agency that helps the, uh, set drug expiration dates, has long known the shelf life of some drugs can be extended, sometimes by years. In fact, the federal government has saved a fortune by doing this. Yes, they have in the military because they have stockpiles and they want to know that their stockpiles would last. But of course, the drug companies want expiration dates so that you'll continue to buy. Bridge MCP says it's Texas. The students uh, think it's woke. That's how I take that. It's funny. Daniel Ledeau says, Lee Grant, the age of woke is almost over. It will end soon. Insanity burns itself out rather quickly. Woke, yeah, it's, it'll burn itself out. I guarantee you the woke movement, the, the, the false woke movement by the, by the uh, Republicans, it's going to burn itself out because you guys have been talking so much crap about woke. You know, people, your own people are getting tired of the silliness. When you have a DeSantis use woke several times in one sentence, it tells you a lot about what's going on. So you're right, Daniel Ledeau. Woke is about to die out. That is because of how silly, how childish, how lack of intellect has to be to go ahead and be, this is woke, this is woke, this is woke, this is woke. Lack of intellect. Anyway, folks, we have a great program for you today. I, I want to start out. Yesterday was 9-11, and somebody got on my case for not, um, got on my case because I didn't, according to them, I guess covered 9-11 as they would have expected me to cover it. Well, tough, I have to say to my brethren, uh, tough. So what I did is, I, ha I got a letter from um, this guy. I guess they were trying to get KPFT to let, let you know get rid of me because I didn't cover 9/11. So they sent a long letter to the uh, to the uh, general manager, and they also sent a long letter or the same long letter 
to the program director. And of course, they forwarded it to me, to which I immediately answered because I thought it was rather amusing. It was very, very amusing in my humble opinion. So what I did is I, what I always do, I wrote about it and I decided, okay, you want to do that? You want to talk about that? Then that's what we will do. So what I'm doing here is I'm going to see if I can get that uh, up on the screen. First of all, uh, let's see what this is. Let's see if I can put that on the screen. First of all, I want to, I want to um, get it on the screen for you. And when I get it on the screen, uh, so that you can also be in the house with me, new screen, I am going to use that screen there. Let's see if that'll work. I think that'll work. Yeah, that looks like it's going to work. So I will put that here and go ahead and do that. And maybe I'll shrink it a little bit just so that you guys can uh, see more of what we're going to talk about. Anyway, so that is th that is it. Let's go ahead and play that video that I did this morning. Good afternoon, Yvette Avery Herod. Great to have you here. Uh, let's go ahead and play that piece right now, a PDR listener. Yesterday was 9-11, and I don't think there is one American in this country that does not take that to heart, that does not believe that is that was wrong. Those people shouldn't have died. Everybody believes that. Everybody knows that. Uh, so I didn't, I had no intentions yesterday. I had intentions just to say, to, to, to just say, I'm sorry that happened. Shouldn't happen. Whatever. But I, you know, um, the, the thing, the, the, this program isn't to go ahead and regurgitate what we know occurs every single year. Uh, there are other stations that are doing that. So I didn't. Uh, I got an email. Eric Hayes, I, I want to read what Eric Hayes says because it has to do with 9-11. It says, please remember on 9-11 and uh, that 2,997 people killed and over 6,000 injured on that day 22 years ago. We honor their sacrifice for our country and pray peace and comfort for all their families infected. We hope and pray for the spirit and unity of our country that emerged in the aftermath of 9-11. That statement could not have upset me more. And I'll explain. These people, uh, when, uh, these people did not ask to be sacrificed. So when somebody says we honor their sacrifice, it, it is under the assumption like they put themselves in some position that they wanted to sacrifice. They did not. I am tired of hearing people tell Military folks, uh, thank you for your service, but won't give them health care, but won't give them what they need. I'm tired of innocent people dying and other people buying the glory, glory, hallelujah, and telling them, uh, thank you for your sacrifice. These people did not ask to be sacrificial lambs for America's deeds at all. I, I'm going to read the letter real quickly for what the person sent. He said, I wanted, this is what a, a caller, uh, not a caller, a listener to Politics and Rights sent. He said, 
I wanted to relate to you my most sincere disappointment and the fact that your show host this morning did not mention anything at all about 9-11 terrorist attack and remember those that we lost. He, he excused, his excuse was he did not want to mention because it was 22 years ago and all the things that are being done as a result of 9-11. That is a flat out chicken SHIT reason. The only reason he even said anything is because callers called in to mention 9-11. The fact is he hates America and all it stands for. No matter what side you are, left or right, I think we all agree that it was a tragedy and, and lives were ult- unnecessarily lost and we remember and honor those respectfully but what would I expect because I listen to Democracy Now! and the You Talk show as well as they sure do remember and honor everything that happened to Muslims or tragedies abroad I wish I could call in but I am driving when this show is on air then I am at work the rest of the time and cannot call in but it's so irritating to hear all the left bias on these shows they claim to be non-bias which I never claim they always start or end with Republicans this or Republicans that everything is blamed on Donald Trump and Republicans and that caller Johnny oh man he comes on and spits out how contentious conservative callers are now if he isn't the most hypocritical caller ever and every time he calls in to the show I continue to listen to the program because it gives me insight into how the crazy left thinks. 9-11, remember the fallen, never forget. My answer to him was, first of all, any listener who spends the time to write an articulate letter to object without being completely irrational or hateful, this is my answer, is my kind of listener and must be answered. I intend to change your view that you are only listening because it gives me insight into how the crazy left thinks. Before I answer in detail, I must posit an absolute statement. You do not love America more than I do, or most of those of us on the left do. And in my case, I am a naturalized citizen. I chose America. It is silly to hate that which you have chosen for some spouse notwithstanding. And as a naturalized American, I am no less American than born Americans whose roots, except for the indigenous people, are from elsewhere. Loving one's country means not keeping one's head in the sand for its flaws, but putting them out there and solving them. You don't show love for a child or a parent by allowing behavior that will ultimately be their demise. Now, Let's talk. I will not apologize for not concentrating on that real bad thing that was 9-11. Many other stations and programs are doing that. It does not mean I condone or do not believe it was an evil act that killed thousands who did not deserve that false, that fate. Unfortunately, in America, we have different levels of gradation for humanity. Do you feel as bad for those innocent people in New York, in D.C., and Pennsylvania who died on 9-11? 11 by terrorists, as you do for several more thousand that are military killed in my home country, Panama, when Bush allowed several of our areas to be flattened with bombs indiscriminately. We consider that collateral damage to get one man, Manuel Antonio Noriega, who not for drug trafficking as advertised, but for saying no to the CIA. In other words, we killed all those Panamanians, not because uh, uh, of Noriega for real, but because the CIA couldn't use Noriega for Nicaragua. 
Uh, why did I bring up Panama in the answer? It is just an example of our modus operandi. The blowback from bad foreign policies by our politicians, driven by wants of our oligarchs, plutocrats, and psychopaths, create blowback that is the kindle of terrorism that kill thousands of innocent Americans. It all ties in. How do you think the relatives of the 10,000 Panamanians uh, who died in Chorrillo, Colón, and David, Panama, feel? How they uh, how many of them would want vengeance, just like Bush wanted vengeance for 9-11 as he got hundreds of thousands more killed? You see, it's a cycle. I do not claim to be unbiased. I am very biased. I believe in the policies most Americans believe in. I wrote several articles about it, and I gave him the links to the several articles. As far as being respectful to the 9-11 victims, they will not have some far respect from me, some false respect from me. They will get real respect. That means making the changes that make another 9-11 less possible. Shallow statements like, thank you for your service, frivolities, and other types feel good statements do not do nothing. My contribution using politics done right is not to provide the standard Powell memo indoctrination narrative, but to make us think outside of the box. When enough of us realize we are all on the same team and getting played by a select few who can only exist if we at each other's, we are at each other's throat, then the change that perverts not only terrorism, but uh, that prevents not only terrorism from abroad, but our domestic terrorism caused by the policies of and psychological games by puppeteers and as a bonus we will live a more pleasant life thank you for reading thank you for listening to the show and be sure if you have some extras to make sure and make us whole uh, he responded stating things i mean his response wasn't very good i must answer and i won't go into read it because we have a caller on the line but as you can see i will not apologize for doing the right thing. All those people that are, uh, I thank you for your service and all of that are the people that are doing nothing for you. If you want not to have a 9-11 again, then we need to prevent the things that caused 9-11. And saying silly statements like they hate us for our, our freedom is silly. They don't hate us for our freedom. That's a lie that makes you feel better. We spend a lot of time... No, they definitely don't hate us for our freedom. The people that hate us hate us for our deeds. Why the hell would somebody hate you for your freedom? They aren't, they're not living there. They're living where they're at. As If you don't come and mess with them, they don't come and they don't mess with you. You know, I mean, and that is what very few people want to understand. They don't hate you for your freedom. They don't give a, a hoot about you if you leave them alone. It's that simple, you know. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Bruce says the first responders do fall under that. Maybe there was a mix-up. Uh, I don't know. What are we talking about there, Bruce? Did I miss something? But a bit. Surprise, surprise. Exercise granular control X-Corp at dimes directing employees in a manner that may jeopardize privacy and security. That's from Paul Fleming. Avery, Yvette Avery Herod, I think I saluted you. Welcome to Politics Done Right. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Maywood says, 
Because we have had years of conservative neoliberal policies screwing up the economy, unfortunately, it will also take years for progressive Democrats to correct the mismanagement from the neoliberals and the Republicans. That is very true. Very true. Um, Okay, let's see. Mike Seasack says, Maywood, you mean we've had leftist policies that have screwed up the economy? I won't continue to read in because that is that is like reading false information out loud. Eric Hayes says, I don't uh, think you hate America as much as just think you your point of view is what everyone thinks. I don't think my point of view is what everyone thinks. I just want to put truth out there and let people decide. And I, when, my, when the truth gets out there, guess what? People actually decide the way that most progressives think. That's just a statement of fact. Look at the look at what people want and then see who it lines up mostly with. Progressives. You guys hate it, but that's a statement of fact. All right, let's see. Eric says invest in America first. Then if any uh, leftover, less homeless, less better people. You know, you always say that. Invest in America, but if you try to create policies that that make America better, that's the same policies you guys don't want. And it's only recently that you guys have become pro-Russia. Uh, and that is because of political reasons. Uh, in the past, if if anybody said anything about good about Russia, Republicans would have been going crazy. You communist! Now who's the communists? Republicans are really there protecting Putin. They love Putin. Putin is a great guy. He's a strong guy. It's amazing the hypocrisy that we see out here. But as I said, it doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. All right. Uh, Carl Cox says, right-wing red states are poorly run, poor education, higher murder rates, less healthy citizens, greater rates of homelessness, opposed to slavery being taught in schools, and a great deal. I mean, look, the red, the, the red states are a basket case. They're less educated. And this is not because of the people. This is because of their government. Less educated. They are welfare states. They depend on the blue states. They like to talk about low taxes, low taxes. Yeah, they don't. They, they don't. They have low taxes because they're 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 parasites. They're parasites to the blue states. That is why they have low taxes. Not because they take a lot of money from the blue states. So instead of taking it from the people who live there, like the blue states do, the blue states take some money from their people and then ship it off to the red states. Because the red states, I repeat, are welfare states. They don't, they don't know anything about government. They're the poorest states. They're the states with the least amount of education. They're the states without health care. And that is what they want you to aspire to be. People may say, well, why are so many people from California moving to Texas? Well, because that money that they've earned in California allows them to come to Texas and lives like king. Since a lot of Texans are so poor already, They'll come over here and live like kings and queens. That's why they come. It's, it's like leveraging your retirement. All right? Retiring Calif- retire from California, come to Texas. Your money will go a hell of a lot further. It's a fiscal decision. Don't think about it as because the state is so nice. No. They made their money in the blue states and then decided to come down here. That's what it's all about. All right, let's continue. Eric Hay, let's see. Robert Davenport says, Loving America is a lot tougher when America does not love you back. As a Muslim America of African descent, I promise you I love America far more than the rebel clown talking point. I mean, there's no doubt about it. If you are a person of color, I have to say this statement categorically. If you are a person of color and you continue to support this country, 
like somebody like me or Robert Davenport does, it says something. Because, again, I don't have, I don't feel, I... I don't feel as free as my white brother here, Bruce Pollard. Bruce is a damn good friend. Bruce is my brother. But when Bruce and I are driving together in the car, when Bruce sees a cop, Bruce sees a friend. When I see a cop, I see my potential killer. And I'm not being exceptional. I'm not being hyperbolic about that. I, I I would love for you guys to to listen to something, but I didn't prepare for it today. I, it was a TikTok that I got of a case in Seattle. Okay, I will talk about it some other day. But again, I've driven. You know, I don't know if you remember Bruce. You and I was driving to KPFT, and there's this this there's and and this made a, it left an indelible impression in my mind when you did that. Bruce came into the car. Me and Bruce are driving to KPFT, and there's a police officer that comes up next to us. Uh, you know, he was next to 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 the car at the at the driver's side. Bruce is sitting down in the driver's side, and Bruce isn't cool and waving with a smile. And my heart is in my throat. Same event, same event, different reactions. Bruce saw that guy as his friend. I saw that guy as my potential killer. Okay? I saw that guy as my potential killer. Okay. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, Maywood said, say, Maywood, why is it that people keep moving into states run by GOP? I just explained that. Because it's cheaper to live there. Low taxes, etc. They've already, you know, the people in the blue states probably say, it's okay for me to move to the blue to the red states now. I've already invested my money in the red states because the red states have taken welfare from all us blue states. Now we can go and go to the red states and live at a cheaper level for the money we've already paid to them. That's why, Mike Cisak. Okay, uh, Egberto keeps lying about red states. I think you better look it up. I don't lie about red states. In fact, uh, I, I tell you what, uh, what, I, what I'll do for you, since it seems, my dear Mike Cisak, you're not very apt at real, uh, at, at real information. What I will do is I will pull my blog up for you to read. I know you know how to read, sir, but here we go right now. And, and this is the article that I'm going to put on the screen right now for you, just so that you can see we're not BSing you. Red states, mostly welfare states, dependent on blue state, but likely to be uninformed. There is your breakdown. Alabama, those Alabama, Arizona, Kentucky, Missouri, Nebraska, South Dakota, Texas, they're all beggar states. You notice they're all, they're, uh, well, well, Texas is a bit different. Texas is just about even. But right now, it's a beggar state if you count a lot of the disasters that just happened, okay? But uh, so please, 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 please. As you can see, I, I think I have some better ones that I can show you uh, where, uh, look at this. Blue America accounts for 71% of the GDP, a failure of red state politician policies. There we go again. Blue states, 71% of, of GDP, 
Red states, 29%. You want to talk about where is better or where what, what states are holding up our country? There you go. That is statements of fact that you can go ahead and research and look up. Okay? Just look it up. You don't have to listen to my voice. Let's go for another one. Uh, let, let's find. Let, let's find. An, let, let's go ahead and find some more. Red states welfare broken results decades. Red states are welfare queens from Business Insider. Flip to any news channel in the past three years, and you can almost be certain to see any number of Republican governors blustering about how uh, Washington spends too much money and how they never spend that much money in where the president. It's a tough talk. The truth is not so fast, uh, Michelle Bachman. That was when she was in her days. As it turns out, it is red states that are overwhelmingly the welfare queen states. Yes, that's right. This is from the Business Insider. Red states, the ones governed by folks who think government is too big and spending needs to be cut, are a net drain on the economy, taking in more federal spending than they pay out in federal taxes. They talk a good game, but stick blue states with the bill. Take a look at the difference uh, between federal spending on any given state and the federal taxes received from the state. We measure the difference as dollars amount federal spending per dollar Texas taxes. A figure of $1 means that particular state receives as much as it paid in. Anything over a dollar means that state received more than it paid in. You want to see where we stand? New Mexico, $2.03. Mississippi, $2.02. Alaska, $1.84. Louisiana, $1.78. West Virginia, $1.76. Uh, North Dakota, all red states. North Dakota, $1.68. Alabama, $1.66. South Dakota, $1.53. Kentucky, $1.51. Virginia, $1.51. Montana, $1.47. Only Hawaii, and you know what the problem is with Hawaii being over there in the middle of the ocean, okay? Arkansas, 141. Oklahoma, 136. Missouri, 132. South Carolina. So let's, let's be real. Red states are bigger states, and the numbers are there to see it. Uh, the numbers are there to prove it. So you guys can preach all you want to preach. All you want to preach. All right. The fact of the matter is red states are beggar states. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Bruce Pollard said it took 10 years for the FDA to decide phenylephrine was, uh, uh, was not effective in medicine taken by mouth. It took a long time for the science to win once. No, it was that was that was a pushback by the. Uh, the drug companies, as usual, they own the federal government. Finally, we, we were able to go ahead and say, no, the damn thing doesn't work. All right. Uh, let's see. Bruce Pollard said, but I see black cops as friends too. Uh, let me correct something here, Bruce. I don't see cops as black or white. I see cops as cops, Right that are following the same principle that says my life is worth a lot less than your life, my brother Bruce. That whenever I see a police officer, irrespective of whether it's a black police officer, Asian police officer, Latino police officer, white police officer, for me, they're in the same batch, right? That It doesn't matter to me. And if you doubt it, Watch those five black officers who annihilated, who killed, 
who murdered, who annihilated that young black kid for doing absolutely nothing. So no, uh, Bruce, uh, uh, they are, and by the way, my brother Bruce, they are your friends. They are there to protect you, all of them. They're not, they're just not there to protect me, or rather, they're there to protect you 99% of the time. That percentage just doesn't apply to me. Okay, that percentage just doesn't apply to me or anybody of my hue. All right, let's see uh, what we got here now. Um, Bruce Pollard says, getting another COVID vaccine is a tough decision. I have things that react bad to illnesses, so it's worth the risk now that I have lived through many injections of the COVID vaccine. I'll take it as soon as it's time. I think it, it comes out this week. I'm, I'm, I'm prob- I don't know if I'm old enough to get it yet. We'll see. But I'm going to try to get it using my wife as, um, you know, my wife has lupus, so this house needs to stay as, as healthy as possible. I would not say it's a slam dunk for unvaccinated people. People who are not fat but have had COVID once. That's a good point, Bruce. Maywood says you can live and look much more wealthy if everyone around you is poor. That is very true. In fact, that is true for how we lived in Panama. You know, I when I came over to the States, I never forgot going over. And, and you know, my father was a fireman. Uh, we did. We were what's called in Panama middle class. You know, but I remember coming to the United States and going. Uh, a friend of mine at Blinn. Uh, was going home. I think it was for Thanksgiving or one of the things. He said, come on and go with me. And we were going home. He lived in Galveston and I had nowhere to go. So I went to him in Galveston, right? And we went in there and I'm like, oh, your apartment looked nice and all of that. And he looked at me really, really funny. And he said, boy, this is the projects. I'm like, What's the projects? <laughs> I didn't know what it was. I was fresh here in the United States, you know. What's the projects? At the time, the projects in Galveston, I think they were, must have been newly built or something like that. And they were clean. They were small. But, I mean, they weren't any different than our small apartments in, in Colón, Panama City. I mean, Colón, Panama, where I was from. And it was solidly built and all of that kind of stuff. I thought it looked good. Uh, but it was amazing how he just looked at me and said, ah, this is the projects, man. So, oh, okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Mike C. Success California now has the highest rate of welfare and homeless. Um, well, I don't think you mean rates. You probably mean, well, I, I won't cover that. You got to put a link in there for me. Robert Davenport says, facts are the things Republic clowns fear the most because their lies are crushed by the truth. Of course. Uh, Mike, is it? Rate or total numbers? Thank you for pointing that out, uh, Bruce. That's what I was just asking. And let's go ahead and welcome Brother Ray. Ray, come on into the fold. Talk to me. How are you doing this morning, this afternoon, sir? Yes, Egberto, top of the afternoon. Hey, Ray, hold one second. I need to give a big thank you to Brother Robert Davenport that says, facts equal the truth. That is why Republicans hate educating the public. They want ignorant parrots who repeat without thinking i could say that no better no no less concisely robert davenport thank you so kindly for that super chat we couldn't make it without great folks like you go ahead my dear brother ray talk to me oh i want to co-sign on what robert davenport said because you know it's clear you know the way somebody like ron DeSantis wants to hide you know the history of america because he doesn't want white folks to feel guilty Mm-hmm. Something you shouldn't feel guilty. All we're saying is to be better. Exactly, than what your ancestors were. 
that actually wasn't what I wanted to bring. I actually wanted to bring light to what you had uh, mentioned with the um, the Elon Musk situation. Yes, sir. You know, it 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 brought up uh, it brought up a, a weird plot twist from a movie that I thought of. And I don't know if you have Netflix, but if you have Netflix, if you've ever watched, uh, don't look up. That sounds familiar. Was that was about? I think that was the world was coming to an end because I think a comet was flying in and was going to destroy the Earth. Right? Yeah. I saw it. Right, but but basically the moral of that story was America had an ironclad plan to knock the asteroid off course and save the world, and then of course the rich oligarch stepped in and said. Well, hey, why don't I take over this operation and we can mine the, the precious metals right. from that asteroid yes. and make the and it can make the country and the entire world or be ridded of poverty and blah blah blah. And more to the story, it failed and the world ended. <laughs> so it, it, but what, it, what it, does that tell us? Don't trust the private sector with the world's, you know, you know don't You nailed trust it. The private sector with the world's serious affairs. You nailed it. You nailed it. Okay? You nailed it. We should never, whenever somebody has a profit motive, the profit motive will will overtake the risk every single time, especially if that risk will not be borne by those who are going to profit. And that is exactly what happens in healthcare, right? Uh, If the insurance company waits a long time to service you and you die, Actually, they profit from waiting to service you. So, I mean, uh, Ray, you have nailed it. Um, that is those. There was so much in that movie. What's the name of it? Don't look up. Is I think it's something to that effect. Yeah, well, yeah. With Leo DiCaprio was a right. That is cast. Leo DiCaprio, Meryl Streep played the uh, president. She had right. she had kind of like a Trump vibe, even though she was, right. Even though she was female, she was like a female Donald Trump. Right. But anyway. Um, that was something. And while you are, while we're on healthcare, you know, it's so funny you mention that. It's so many people. It's funny how our, you know, our population has been brainwashed, just simply brainwashed to believe that healthcare for all isn't a right. And the thing about it that makes it so interesting is that we don't have to look that far to see that it works. Yep. We have Canada to look to. We know it works, but they're just stubborn and they don't want to, they don't want to let us have it. And That's and the, why. and the funny thing about it is they've convinced so many that Canada doesn't work. I, let me tell you how bad it is. I got an interview with a, 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 a Canadian who lived in America for several decades, and uh, he was a professor in Atlanta. And because of peer pressure and who he hangs with, etc., uh, I got him to do one interview with me. You guys have seen the interview, and you've seen where he comes out. And uh, you know, when I ask, asked him about uh, healthcare in Canada, because again of who he is in, in corporate America, that where who he was in as a professor and then you know uh, a private business uh, he just didn't want to say the Canadian system is better, right? But here is how it all ultimately ended. Here's what he told, uh, the story that he told. His wife got a severe illness that could have killed her. And in America, even as he was insured very well, he would not have had that cohesive team to take care of her for the length of time that they took care of her to make her whole. And when uh, he has moved back to Canada, 
and he just went to, and he told us how easy it was for him to just get that one card. Doesn't need any money in Canada for healthcare, just that one card. And that one card entitled him to get a doctor who is going to manage her care along with all the specialists that have all her records tied together so they could work together to bring that woman back to health. I mean, we're not saying any system is a panacea or perfect, right? Because they have a problem in that they don't buy your drugs. But then again, your drugs don't cost what it costs here in the United States, right? So it is amazing that uh, and by the way, there are also some rich plutocrats in, uh, in, in Canada who want to make money off of uh, healthcare, who as well would come over here oh, as, Canadi- uh, as Canadians and, and talk about waiting lines in Canada. When, if you have to wait for a hip replacement, so be it. But if you have a heart attack or you have any serious illnesses, it's taken care of uh, right away. In America... You, 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 you don't have the protections and you still wait for a hip transplant if you are on regular HMOs. You still wait for heart surgeries if you're on a regular HMO. Only if you are wealthy do you get any kind of expedited service. But, you know, we have to be preaching this to Americans and letting them know the truth. Anyway, anything else, Brother Ray? You know, I, I, I hear you a lot, uh, Egberto, about you know, you talk about what real freedom is, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, these these right wingers in the comments, you know, I see the comments. I hear you, you know, say the comments, but basically they need to think about something and, and, and think hard on this. In this country, you know, we we basically use the standard of freedom as the choices you get to make. But things like healthcare, maybe we need to reimagine freedom as the choices you don't have to make. Right. How about right. that? Look, brother, that is, you know, the thing about, here's what, how the plutocracy works, right? They, they define what freedom is. They define what socialism is. They define what capitalism is. In America, they've defined capitalism as democracy. Of course, capitalism has nothing to do with democracy. In fact, it has more in common with fascism than democracy. Look at, let's look at China and these other, these other states that have picked up the economic system, irrespective of the type of government that they have, right? So, I mean, it, and, 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 and capitalism works perfectly with authoritarianism, right? And why is that? Because companies are not democracies. Companies have execs and they run it. And people may say, well, the democracy in corporations is that people purchase from corporations and they vote with your money. Well, when you have corporations that have become monopolies as we have in the United States, your money no longer becomes a vote because they determine what products you'll have. Supply side economics says someone else provide the supply and then you will bring your demand up to the supply we provide. I believe in demand economics. Demand economics says, if I want something, then you are going to build it. What they believe in is we build something and then you are going to want it. That's the difference between supply-side economics and democratic economics. And there are so many people that fail to see that because that's not what they've been taught, Ray. Uh, you just brought up consumerism. That's a whole nother conversation, but I'm going to let you uh, finish the show, my brother, and uh, I'm going to keep listening. Thank and you, my brother. I have on one. Be, I'll be. Yeah, I have one more video to show oh. that I'm going to show our great people here right now, and then we'll take it on there. So thank you for calling. You have a great rest of your day, my brother.
All right, I'll be seeing you. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, folks, let's go ahead and listen to Bill Hunt, a very good friend of mine. I met him yesterday at the, we had a, a humble independent, or rather a humble uh, democratic club meeting. And I just want uh, to, to hear some words that he had to say, some words of wisdom in my humble opinion. So let's go ahead and listen to Bill Hunt right now. Then we'll take it on the other side. Bill Hunt is a very good friend of mine. He's a PDR supporter from its inception, and he's also a fellow Berniak who campaigned, who walked the streets, who uh, canvassed, who prepared. Doc- I mean, we did a whole lot together uh, with, within the progressive mo- movement. So um, one of the things that he does a lot of times is he brings us back to reality. I mean, many of us in, in, in the urge to make sure that the right people win elections, we let a lot of things go unsaid. And he's not that way. He uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes we have to try to say, hold up a bit, Bill. Hold up a bit, Bill. We get you, you're right, but right is not enough. But as the polls are telling us, Right now, and I know a lot of people want to say, look at the polls today and remember what it was for uh, Obama a few years back, what it was for Reagan a few years back. What I try to tell people is these are different times. So we have to look at how people are feeling and why and how and what are the differences between the angst of today with the angst of yesteryears, the angst of Yes to decades. And if we don't, we do it at our own peril and we may wait too long before we take corrective actions. I want you to listen to what Bill has to say here, because a lot of times uh, if you if you listen to his wordiology, you may think, well, you know, that is some of the stuff that you hear the Republicans saying. But unfortunately, it is some of the uh, things that we are not only hearing from Republicans, but we are hearing from uh, Democrats. I, I, I want you to listen to him and then we'll take it on the other side. Hey, this is Bill Hahn from the Humble Area Democrats. Bill has some issues that he wants to discuss. In fact, he had a prescient question that I think every Democrat should ask every American citizen. Talk. How do you feel when you leave the grocery store? Well, as it turns out, you said that question was posted somewhere. Yes. And that there were 137 comments. Tell me what a little bit about those answers. You are all negative. They were all, you know, inflation is eating away at my disposable income. I'm wondering how I'm going to feed my family at the end of the month. And all comments to that effect. The average voter is not feeling a good economy. Let me tell you something, Bill. I I, I gave a rant on Daily Coast that created one of those huge amount of comments where I stated that Democrats have to go out there and stop talking about issues about how, just like you mentioned there, the economy is great and all the numbers are great. You have to be out there saying why these people are feeling what they are feeling. And why are, why are they feeling what they're feeling? Please tell me. What was the great 
question that Reagan asked at the end of one of the debates. Are you doing better today than you did yesterday? To that, something to that effect. Four years ago. Yeah. Are you better off now than you were four years ago? I think that question won the election for him. Right. And if that answer isn't what it's supposed to be, what you're supposed to be doing is campaigning on the issues that say, this is why it isn't better and this is why we are going to do why how we're going to make it better, correct? I don't believe they want to. They have to pass legislation that directly benefits the working class. And get Bidenomics is nothing more than another version of trickle-down. Explain. Instead of doing it with tax cuts, they're doing it with subsidies. They're giving money to the corporate world, hoping that some of it trickles down to the working class. And explain, because there's something else interesting. A lot of those, those policies that were passed uh, during the, the COVID are starting to expire right when they're around election time. And isn't it true that people are starting to feel the pain Absolutely. of that expiration? Well, you know, inflation eats away. It, it, when inflation increases faster than your wages, your impression of how you're doing declines. Bill Hunt. Thank you. Thank you. Now I get it. I get it. The numbers are great. And we take a look at how uh, that, that the average wage is uh, growing faster than inflation. All those things are true. But what is also true is the disparity continues. What is also true is that these changes in people's state of being, in their financial state of being, isn't uh, distributed evenly among those specifically those who want to vote free and bills points out something important a lot of all these benefits why do you think we have a, 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 a by by uh by party bipartisan infrastructure bill not because republicans want it to be bipartisan because it more than likely assisted more of the business class than anyone else all those come. Yes, it's going to create jobs. Yes, it's going to be creating a few better paying jobs. But the people that are cleaning house are those who own these companies, etc. When he talks about the wage increases again, if we have 10 percent of the people get their wages increased by 10 percent and everybody else get their wage increased by 2 percent, the combined increase in wages looks like ah, six or so percent, but the reality is that's not the case. It is skewed somewhere else. So we have to look at all the, the big picture and we have to go where people are. We have to talk to people and we have to make sure that the policies we are going to support going forward support the people. The problem is getting policies passed for the people it's so much more difficult than getting policies passed that make businesses happy. That is why we have to educate us all so that we force politicians to do what's right. Yesterday, Bill, uh, we had one of our uh, state reps at the uh, meeting last night, and he really questioned every single amendment, including the amendments that Democrats were supporting, because what he noticed was that, yes, 
we're supporting these policies, but it always seems when it comes to making sure everybody have broadband, it first satisfied the corporations who provided, who are going to provide broadband. When it comes to all these features to help people, it's as if the money has always got to be filtered through those with means. Bill Hun uh, has uh, his statement may seem uh, harsh many times, uh, difficult to hear, but something we better take heed to because he represents the Democratic base uh, as well. And he is in a community that sees some of these issues. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse. Absolutely so, my dear brother Bill Hun. Uh, I mean, we 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 did a whole lot during the Bernie days, etc., etc., etc. Anyway, folks, we are coming down to the end of the program. I want to thank you guys all for being here. Bruce says a big green one is coming. Bruce, uh, Bruce says I saw a comment a few early mornings ago. Really. Uh, let's see. Uh, Bruce also say use binos just before John under Pollux. Careful not to stray to the sun. That's not my language. That must be astronomical type languages, my dear brother. Uh, Carl Cox says unions don't cause corporations to fail. Corporations pay very little, if any, taxes. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, I, I lost it. This, it just scrolled away from me. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry about that. And uh, let's see. Anyhow, please support the program. How can you do that? Go to politicsunright.com slash support. Go to politicsunright.com slash support. I'm going to put that link on the screen right now. Politicsunright.com slash support. Uh, please find a way, however you can, to support the program. You know, we work hard to make sure that we bring you the truth and real information. Likewise, you can uh, support us by becoming a paid supporter of our, or a paid subscriber of our newsletter, politicsandright.com slash newsletter, politicsandright.com slash newsletter. If you become a, a part of our newsletter team, all our books will be on Substack. That's where we host our newsletter for you to be able to read all my books that I have written and you will also be able to read all my future books. That's my promise to all who subscribe to my newsletter. My newsletter drops five o'clock every morning with what I'm going to show, what I'm going to present at KPFT. And likewise, I, if I have any particular articles of, uh, of specific interest, I drop it in Substack as well, on my newsletter as well. So please subscribe to it, politicsandright.com slash newsletter and become a part of the team. We need as many uh, subscribers as we can. And again, it's just a coffee a month or so for the program, a coffee or so a month for the program. So if you're already a subscriber to the program, please pass it along to somebody else and say, hey, uh, subscribe to this good uh, newsletter. You're not just subscribing to the newsletter. You're getting access to all his books, politicsandright.com slash newsletter. Got to get out of here. I have to go to the uh, CEC meeting tonight. That's a Texas uh, Democrat, the Harris County Democratic. Uh, what is it called? CEC. What does that stand for? Uh, executive Committee. The County Executive Committee. I got to go to that meeting tonight. So it's going to be a long, long, long day. But folks, please, again, subscribe to politicsandright.com slash newsletter. And I'm sticking that into the feed right now. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Positive Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I am going to end this baby. 
I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.